Hey there, folks. You're looking a little bit stressed out. Why don't you kick back with a nice 7-in-7? Uh, seven seven. Episode 77, that is. It's the Uticast, and we're back. And this week, we are speaking with Luann Gould and Christopher Tillotson of the new Smith Market coming soon. Uh, we're also talking about a huge week uh, for the infamous one, Donald Trump. We're talking about cremation. We're talking about nano. Uh, Bill Gates, Stephen Gerrard, a little bit of Christmas, and some office party do's and don'ts. All that and more. Episode 77. Oh, yeah. Tell the people how you did that joke last week and then realize you're in the wrong episode? No. I was, well, I wasn't right. gonna. That never happened. Sweet, sweet seven and seven. Daddy's podcasting friend, they call it. Mm. Jesus. Mm-mm. That's coffee. Oh, that's coffee. Head is not a seven. Bad, where did this bad coffee come from? <laughs> this is bad coffee. It's terrible. Um, what happened was I asked Mr. Maiden Utica Justin Parkinson to grab me coffee from the store. Say no more. And... <laughs> He told me that they were out of the coffee that he wanted to get, mm-hmm. so he just got this, and we would just both use it until it was gone. But this is that, and I don't feel bad throwing this brand under the bus because I don't care about this brand. Screw you, New England coffee. Nothing good has ever come out of your New England coffee. It tastes store. like flavored. I don't understand the need for people to flavor coffee. People are always like, "Ooh, there's you know," and not not to knock it for people like it. I guess whatever, fine, but. People are like, oh, I've got like cannoli coffee or pecan coffee, or I love I've got coffee. like caramel coffee. I like coffee. Yes, I'm a simple man. Give me some coffee, maybe a little splash of cream. Ah, well, seven and seven, whatever. I wish man. I had poured booze into this. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the rest of this episode under protest. <laughs> doing this cup of coffee because you didn't tell me. You were like, before we got started, I came. Well, full disclosure, as we do here on the on the pod. You're like, hey, man, you want a cup of coffee? I'm like, man, long day, cold, lots of snow on the ground, would love some coffee. You didn't tell me you're just trying to offload I'm this not, mid-brand flavor crap. I made this. I know it's not good, but I made it because I need to drink it because I need the coffee. I'm an addict. I've Tough day today? Actually, no. Today today was a wonderful day. Today was a snow day. That's right. It is the second official snow day of the year for the Utica City School District. Uh they waited a little bit close to the wire for to, to let us know today because I was, like, ready to go. I had, like, my gear on, and then I got the text message. It's right, like, right. two-hour delay. I'm like, oh, sweet, two-hour delay. And then about an hour into the two-hour delay, like, you know what? Let's just close it. I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> he couldn't have made the decision earlier. I feel like it's one of those things with, because you work at a high school, mm-hmm. and so I feel like a two-hour delay with, like, a high school or a middle school or basically anywhere where you're breaking out for periods... You might as well just cancel the whole day. I can see if you're in elementary school and no matter what time you go in, you're going into the same teacher's room sure. and the teacher will have to call, call an audible. But there's no real answer. I mean, if you go in for a shortened day or you go in for, you know, a delay, you're either dealing with shortened periods, which, you know, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to cram, you know, X amount of classes and X amount of hours. 
or you just go to the classes that are already scheduled. So that means like maybe you mm-hmm. missed English today, but I missed science today, and that's just it. And then mm-hmm. the teachers are all jacked up. Just cancel school. I saw a uh, GFOP of the pod uh, tolerated thirteen. Our dude Ken Smith. Oh, there you go. Talking about this on Twitter this morning, and I was a little annoyed because he put up that like. This doesn't seem like the kind of day that deserves a snow day. I, you know what? I agree, and I was just about to dive into that. Hang on. Go ahead. Tell me why me and Ken are right. No, you guys are right. But at 6 o'clock this morning when I woke up to see if there was a snow day and all I'm getting is mixed reports, I was just like, hey, man, I could use the snow day. Like, I like a snow day. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to turn down a snow day. That being said, now that I went a couple hours into the day, I went out and did some things, this was a very, very weak snow day. The last one was even worse that you had. I, when did the city of Utica become so soft? I remember walking uphill both ways 15 miles and two feet of snow when I was a kid to get to Our Lady Lords Elementary. <laughs> but it's like I got somebody, I got a text message this morning. I woke up to a text message. Mm. And it's a picture. She sent me this text message. It's a picture outside of the car buried. Like, haha, somebody stole my car because it's buried in snow. And from this picture, I was, you know, picturing Snowpocalypse. I walked outside to go to work. I'm like, well, we've got a dusting. The roads are clear, and they only plow our street twice a year. I'll say this. I was out early this morning with uh, with the one Clifford Montoni, uh, GFOP Cliff Montoni. A lot of GFOPs today. Um, and we were out shoveling the, the drive together. It wasn't so bad. No. Not so bad doing it not solo. Solo dolo is no fun to go out and Many do hands make light work. Yeah. Nice to do stuff with your pals. <laughs> Good to do things with your yeah. pals. Did you give him a cup of this crap coffee afterwards as a reward? No, <laughs> no, I did not. I uh, I said fairly well because I thought he had to go to work. I was like, I'm going to go back inside and sit on the couch and enjoy the rest uh, of your Monday because I'm a jerk. Uh, no, I made the best of my snow day. I actually went out. I finished my finals today. Uh, they're pretty much finished anyway. Um, I did some Christmas shopping. I'm finally, I knocked, I got to say, whether it's Amazon or whether it's going out and doing the business, your boy knocked out like 75% of his Christmas shopping today. I felt very proud of myself. Had to do it. See, <laughs> I, I, man, good for you. Good for, <laughs> I, I don't do think, it. I'm not even 75% of the way through my uh, information gathering and brainstorming phase. I don't know what I'm getting for anybody. I'm so, I'm so like, mm. behind the eight ball at work and busy at work right now. I have no idea what anybody's getting. Mm. People are just going to get stuff shipped to their house second week in February. <laughs> like, I have to admit, up until today where I had done a little shopping, I had zero Christmas spirit. After I went shopping today, I did come home and put up our Christmas tree. So I would say the spirit is starting to build. And as it should, because as I realized today, do you know that next week is our Christmas spectacular because of the way that the... Yes. The seasonal weeks line yes. up? Yeah. Christmas yeah. spectacular very early this year. Should I wait until this this week or should I wait until next week to talk about how angry I am about Christmas's placement on the calendar? Let's we'll wait until next week. We'll save, save that for, for next, next week. week. Yeah, yeah. We'll cool. Give me another week, week to stew on right. and get real mad. <laughs> I'm doing next week's show in a protest as well. <laughs> Already. Uh, and, guys, I want to uh, I want to thank everybody out there. Here, hang on. Yeah, uh, you guys uh, are great. <clears throat> Hot mic, check. Check, you hear that? Yeah, it sounds good this week, right? Let me tell you a little story about a friend of mine. His name is Icarus. You know who Icarus is? <sighs> Icarus was a man, <laughs> and he flew too close to the sun. Your boy, SF Doom... Sam Famolaro, a.k.a. Kid Icarus, did the same last week. Uh, I made a mistake for those of you guys who listened to us last week. The audio drivers got switched, and you had an old-school podcast that recorded directly into the computer and not into the microphones. Totally my fault. Like a goon. I felt like a schmuck about it. Uh, This week, I've checked numerous times. This is the right microphone. It does sound better. 
So sorry, folks, if you had to sit through that last week. Very, very low-level move on my part. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed, Kev. You know, I'll tell you what. It's smart that you waited until uh, recording to tell me about that, because now I have to temper my reaction, and I won't beat you as I see fit. <laughs> I didn't tell you. Well, yeah. that shows you didn't listen to last week's episode, so what does that mean? Uh, that means that, you know what, I, I like to get the work done and just be done with it and prepare for the next week. I feel like I can provide the freshest content by being done with an episode once it's done, and I can't go back and dwell and be a perfectionist. You have to let the work mm. stand for itself. And by that, I mean I don't really listen to the show once we've done it. No. and I, <laughs> to, be, I just, to be fair, I actually don't read a lot of things I've written after I like spell check them. Do you know what I mean? I don't go back and read a lot of content. I'll go back and reread stuff. I'll reread mm. content quite a bit. I don't like to go back and listen. It feels too... It's weird because I remember the conversation. Like, this show, mm-hmm. this, show, this show will be live in 12 hours. Yeah. And I can go back and listen to it. But even two days from now, I'll remember this conversation. Sure. So going back and listening to it, I don't get anything from it. I listen to the interviews. I'll go back and listen to interviews because I'm not normally there when they're conducted, and that's interesting. But like, mm. to listen to us banter, I don't really always listen. That's By fair. don't really always, I mean I haven't you, once we unless hear you played enough, it for me. We hear enough of each other like banter. We have a lot of top-notch banter that doesn't make the show, obviously. It's a oh, shame yeah. we can't record. High level. All that top-notch banter. All right. Uh, I think that's good. Let's uh, let's take a break. Uh, Mara will be here in just a moment, and we'll uh, we'll move on. Holiday season coming at you. Seven and seven coming down my throat. Mm-hmm. hoping that by going directly into the segment I would catch uh, Mara on audio being upset that we can't keep the cat in the studio for recording purposes. I am sad. <laughs> Charles is a handsome cat. He's a good house cat, but he uh, he's trouble. And he, we, You can't have animals in the room. I've tried to have Charles in here while I'm recording, and he'll jump right up in front of the microphone. He does not... No fox given for Charles. No fox given. No fox That's given. Funny. Mara, welcome back. How you doing? I'm I'm doing. I'm doing good. By the time this episode goes up, there will be <clears throat> 11 shopping days left until Christmas. How prepared are you? Well, we go shopping after Christmas, so I haven't good. bought anything except for myself. Smart. <laughs> See, I, I did have to resist the urge today to buy my own gifts for Christmas, to be fair. Uh, I will say, though... Um, I did read some of the news today. I was trying to go through today's news for the stories, and a little bit of that holiday cynicism did kick in. And uh, <laughs> a lot of these stories I found this week not necessarily uplifting, but we're going to try our best to give it that classic cast cheer. It's because you have to look for uplifting news. Yeah. It's true. They don't put you can't you can't just front page grays and get uplifting news because that doesn't sell. So they don't put it there. Well, you got to go looking. And this is the time of the year that a lot of sad things happen because everyone's. Kind of having meltdowns about yeah. Christmas and the New Year. Can I? I'm gonna go off on a tangent just very quickly on that. And like, my family's been going through some like crazy like stuff this year. It's mm-hmm. been a crazy holiday. Uh, we're all sort of agreeing that it's gonna be like broke Christmas a yeah. little bit. 
And we we jokingly were like, every year is broke Christmas, but like this year particularly, yeah, it's it's been pretty rough, and, yeah. and it's not for any any salacious reasons. It just kind of happened, right? You know, yeah. sometimes it catches up with you. A lot of things go on during the year. Um, I'm kind of appreciating it more a little bit now because I'm struggling for it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's when I had money before, it was real easy to just spend a lot of money on Christmas and buy a lot of stuff and just be detached from it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed sort of like hunting around and trying to find something good, but not also to go broke. It's been an interesting, yeah. it's been an interesting adventure. Um, but yeah, Christmas shopping. I'm trying not to be cynical about it. It's hard. Amazon helps. Made in Utica is doing their uh, however many days. Or it, 12 days of Christmas, days yeah. Of Christmas, right? Oh, yeah. Man. Sorry. <laughs> We're yelling at Mara for not being loud enough. Be Sorry. louder, Mara. I don't want to ever told me that ever (laughs) (laughs) ever uh yeah i've been getting the emails for it and it has been helpful uh obviously if you haven't signed up for it please go ahead sign up uh, for the maiden utica 12 days of christmas it's a great way to find gift ideas i have to say i've definitely used them already because yeah again they've had some good stuff on there i just realized i have to buy you something for christmas now don't i because you're on the show aaron got a gift when she was on Cliff was in on in between holidays, so he, I got I skated out of getting him a gift. Well, you buy gifts for everybody. You do this every year. Like, there's a whole bunch of people. I'm like, all right, that product. I have to get something for that person, that person. Then you get something for everybody. <laughs> and now I'm like, shit. I'm only doing small. Like, you're getting like a five dollar gift, Mara. That's oh, all you're getting. It's just gonna that's be more than I need. Now yeah, there you go. Because that's that's, that's what we're doing. Um, guys, let's get into this week's topics. That was a little little rant there for you about Christmas. Um, and guys, I had to say it's a big week for evil. Evil won pretty good this week, uh, so particularly Donald Trump. Yeah. Although it seems like evil's winning a lot more lately. <laughs> he won. Like, he won the whole thing already. You know? <laughs> All right, so I have three stories of varying levels of aggravation, and we'll start with the one uh, that is probably the the most, uh, the story that's getting talked about the most uh, is the possible interference from Russian government in hacking our United States election, being involved in the election results uh, to which I said, well, yeah, okay, that kind of sounds about right, honestly. Do we not, I'm scared of cyber warfare, I decided this week. <laughs> I think I'm scared of, like, the internet and what it can do to our world, right? Yeah. Did you guys see Terminator 2? No. Mm-hmm. We're getting close to Skynet. Wait, you never saw Terminator 2? No. That's a, we'll get into that some other time. Sorry. <laughs> uh, do you think this is a, like a, how much of this story is overblown, Kev? You're the only other person which, I know. Well, which, well, when you said that's a that's a pretty broad sentence in and of itself, like mm-hmm. just Russians election. Yeah. Well, how much interference? What part? Well, how much interference do you actually think was involved on the Russian behalf, and do you think it would have made a difference, or do you think this is overblown story because we're scared of Russia now because Russia seems to be back in a big way? Well, Russia's only back in a big way because we've allowed them to be back in a big way. Um... I mean, it was it was pretty clear when the election was coming down that there was one side that was friendlier than the other with Russia, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be ignorant to assume that there's not some sort of involve, involvement is such a broad word. You can say involvement, but what does that really right. mean? Coming in and specifically changing votes? Mm-hmm. No, probably not. Having a hand in a way so that things can move in a certain way and certain things flow a little bit differently mm-hmm. towards the side that they very clearly want? Yeah, that makes some sense. And it's it's frustrating. Um, it's it's really frustrating. It's a frustrating world to live in right now because there's no there's no semblance of the truth anymore. Nobody knows where they can get the truth from. I mean, because right here, the only people saying this is anonymous sources within the CIA. It's not that I disbelieve it, but the CIA and the FBI are very specifically have been butting yeah. heads, and it's really ramped up the entire election season. You know, they're butting heads for 
more partisan reasons and who trusts the CIA. You know what I mean? CIA has been known to do some really shady stuff too. So I, who the hell knows? I would like to see a bit of a, a brakes pumped on the daily Donald Trump story stuff all yeah. over the media because, like, yes, I get it. It's terrible. And you're right. The country is never going to be the same again. And it's, you know, we're in a dangerous place for democracy, all that stuff. I get it. But if you keep just spamming people with every single little story that comes out, people get exhausted and they stop paying attention to any of the guy's name on it. And that's a problem because then people become apathetic, which is worse than uninformed. So, well, well said. Uh, and in vain with that, I am quickly going to spam two more quick Donald Trump stories. <laughs> I know you are. You love it. You I love do. it. Every episode no. since he declared his candidacy, Sam said three Trump yeah. stories. I just want to say two of them that I thought were interesting. One was a head shaker. This was one I read today about uh, Donald Trump and his officials are asking the Department of Energy to name any employees who've uh, attended climate change conference over the last uh, eight years. Why? What's his plan? I don't know. This one's interesting to me. This seems like... Did you ever see that episode of The Simpsons no. where they sent on all the tickets to the criminals that said, free boat, come to the police station to right. pick up your free boat? Yeah. This is kind of what this reminds me of, right? right? Yeah, it's like, a, it's, like, it's like a setup almost. Like, why does he need to know that? It's an interesting story. I feel like it seems like a bad episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> like... If you're the type of person who believes the best about him, then this is him backing up his campaign promise. He's like, look, there's things I don't know about, so I'm going to find the people who do and consult them. If you're the person who believes the worst in him, you look at the fact that every single department cabinet position, every person he's appointed is somebody who is abjectly against mm. what that thing is supposed to do. The person he put in charge of the EPA is actively suing the government about climate change right now because they work for an oil company. Yeah. That's the person he put in charge of the EPA. So if you look at that pattern of behavior, that wouldn't give me a lot of confidence. Mm. No. Okay, so we. I'm not... I'm, I'm more outraged, quote-unquote, uh, by that one than the first one, I suppose, because the Russian story kind of, I, I feel like we should have seen that one coming. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the one that, no jokes aside, this one did make me sort of angry. Uh, Oklahoma uh, Representative in Congress, uh, Steve Russell, came out this week saying that Donald Trump has given him assurances that he will take action to undermine laws uh, that are seen as protecting the LGBT community. He's um, also said the new administration uh, will back uh, his his... He's going to back, yeah, pardon me, his drive to allow federal contractors religious freedoms. So basically, if you don't agree with something on a religious aspect, you don't have to do it for Planned Parenthood things or abortion-type situations. Did Trump say this or Pence? Uh, no, Steve no, Russell said this. Oh, uh, Steve Russell claims that Trump said something to him that makes mm. him think that that might be the way he'll behave. Mm. But Trump well, just says what people want to hear. Whoever he's talking to, that's the opinion he holds. Trump has yeah. said things like that, but then... People were saying that that was Pence's ideals, and then Trump was saying he didn't agree with Pence, and then it's just a mess. Nobody, I don't really understand. <laughs> Those are actually the sort of stories that tend to bother me more than the first two we talked about. Yes, the climate change thing is crazy that he doesn't, like, believe in climate change, and that's, like, a weird, like, false flag story maybe, but it's kind of funny to laugh about. This one, there's a lot of stories about taking away liberties that were allowed to mm -hmm. people of this country and this is these are the ones that make me a little itchy and make me feel like all right here we go yeah let's like not go backwards. let's like it's i'm actually i'll i'll take the probably unpopular viewpoint and i'll flip-flop on those mm -hmm. and i will say this bothers me nowhere near as much as the climate change thing yeah. i understand that it sucks i have a lot of friends and family mm. that are in you know the community and it's terrible, but society as a whole is already with them. Sure. And it's not going to say, hey, you're going to have to wait. But the thing is, when it comes to climate change, it doesn't matter who we give rights to if we don't mm. address climate change. It does point. not matter one bit because we're not going to be living in 
the society we're used to if we don't do something about climate change starting 10 years ago. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's unpopular. I think that's a I think that's a belief that more and more people are buying into. Well, I, I hopefully, but hopefully. climate change doesn't directly affect people right now, mm-hmm. day to day, and it doesn't mm-hmm. affect their friends and loved ones. Mm-hmm. And climate change isn't an emotional issue, and it's much easier to get people worked up for something that speaks to their emotions yeah. than it does something where it's just science and the fact that you know. I mean, you look around and you see things, and you see what's going on. You know, coastal places and different spots mm-hmm. around the world. That's a huge pressing issue, and the Russia thing. If the Russia thing is true, like they're like if the worst case scenario is true for the Russia thing, that will be this country's political nine eleven, and nothing will ever be the same again, mm. ever again. So it's all terrible. Everybody should watch. I don't like to give uh, Vice generally as a news source because uh, they do a lot of like entertainment as sure. news, just like a lot of people. But they put out a really good special on their uh, HBO, the HBO, the Vice channel called A House Divided. It was a really good, really fair look at the last eight years of the Obama presidency and how we sort of got to where we are today and why everybody's so divided. And the worst part about it was the ending was kind of, you know, I don't know how we're ever going to fix it. And it wasn't just one of those things like to scare people. It was people on both sides being like, I really don't know what's ever going to be done. But everybody should watch that and check it out. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because I do have a positive story related to climate change, or at least aim, uh, aiming to be that Wake way. Wakefront property in West Utica. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, uh, Bill Gates and investors uh, are launching a fund to fight climate change through energy innovation, uh, backing up to 170. Was it, I think he said 1.7 billion dollars is the total amount the investors could potentially want to give away toward this. Uh, what I found fascinating about this is actually a quote. Uh, that Gates said. He said, quote, he's surprised that technology innovation isn't discussed more as a solution to climate change since clean energy advances could limit any economic trade-offs from switching off carbon-based fossil fuels. Basically, I'm glad that they're doing this as a let's think about the future and let's not find a way to, like, put a Band-Aid over problems we already have, theoretically. In darker corners of the internet fever dreams, there's some people who are uh, right now saying that Trump, these people saying Trump is playing us all and playing us all the whole time, is playing 4D chess, knows what he's doing. They're saying with his climate change, he's appointing these other people. He's basically, he's playing both sides. So because of the policies he's putting in, the people or the people he's putting in right now, he's not a policy yet, that he's forcing uh, the private sector to invest more in renewable energies and things like that because they don't think the government's going to do it, all while keeping the government happy and keeping him. I don't know if he's that... Uh, coherent. I don't think he can really plan like that, but that's what some people are saying. Which, uh, I, man, if that's what he's doing, more more power to him because he's much more clever than any of us. If that's the case, guys, I know that was a little heavy, so I figured we'd finish on something nice and light. Mm-hmm. Sound nice and light. You gonna make guys? some horrible innuendo to end this segment too? <laughs> I didn't mean to. Uh, no, let's talk about cremation. You guys. <laughs> Yay! This I can understand. Okay, I can uh, this. This, this is more in our this, line this, of things. This makes sense. Uh, do you know that for the first time in and however many years I didn't look up the number, but it's a long time. Uh, in 2016, cremations uh, outnumbered burials in this country. More people. Good. Are, yeah. Finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did say that by uh, 2020 in this country, cremation will actually be the norm as opposed to traditional burial. Uh, we've actually talked about this a little bit on the show before. We have, we have um, did you see that now you can be made into a tree? That's uh, that's the one that I think. That's what we talked about. Yeah, I, I love the tree one. I do. Too. I really like I the love tree. It. I'd like to be stuffed and set on the couch <laughs> so that my, my children and descendants can know that I'm always watching. 
That's what I'd like to have. What like happens it. when you start to stink? What? what I'd like to be preserved. Uh, Febreze of some sort. Yeah, but what if like the dog pees on the couch and then they're like, well, we got to get rid of Kevin. Mm. <laughs> wipe, me, wipe me off. I'm dead. What do I care? Let the dog pee on the couch. That's not my problem. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people are saying that a lot of this is because today as a society in general, we are more transient slash less religious than we ever have been. So people have less particular ties to oh, sure. locations or, uh, or cemeteries. Cost also. See, my mm. thing is I'm terrified of being buried alive. Oh, yeah. I am true. terrified of finding out are that. Are you claustrophobic? Like, yeah, like okay. in the worst mm. way. Like, But that's not even it, though. My, my no, no, thing but is that. I always find a correlation with people that I know who are very, very scared of being, being buried alive and also very claustrophobic. And they're all like, but well, that's not exactly what it is. Mm-mm. But that overlap is very prevalent in people that I well, talk to. my issue is that, like, we don't know what happens when you die. Like, what if when you die you don't actually lose consciousness? What if everyone's just laying in a box completely conscious? You just wake up a couple days you, later. Like, what? Like, that's crazy. Like, what if you can still feel everything? If the consciousness exists after the body has shut down, there's no reason to think the consciousness would have any reason to be strapped into the body anymore. That means it goes on to the ethereal plane and exists outside of physical time But how do we know that? Time but we don't. We don't know any of it. But we don't know that, though. That's the thing. I've always, and this is, this is a hot take, because I'm like a nature kind of guy, I'm into nature, I do just sort of think that when you die, I know, I'm not, like, I don't like to go out in nature. Nature kind of guy. You become a leaf. No, I do think that, like, you probably just come back as something else, and there's not, like, another plane, you just restarts the cycle again. You I mark off this story earth. all the time. Everybody should read a short story. It'll take you five minutes. It's called The Egg by... What's the guy who wrote The Martian? What if you oh, um, oh, God. Uh, Andy, Andy Weir? Andy Weir. It's by him. It'll take you five minutes to read. It's available for free online. It addresses mm. this more eloquently and more completely than we ever could. Huh. So could, check it out if you haven't. If you could the be egg. an animal, if you could be reincarnated to any animal, what would animal would it that's be? That's the third time somebody's asked me this question this week, and that's Shut weird. Up. Really? That's really weird. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, What'd you pick? Human. <laughs> That's good answer. What do you mean? <laughs> I think, all right, there's a key to this question. The question is, do you come back with animal consciousness? Like, do I wake up as Sam Familaro, but now I'm a hippo? Do I, do I have my human instincts? Do I understand? You still have your personality. That's what I said. You still have, okay. your, you still have your human personality. If personality, I would say hippo. I always liked hippos. They seem like <laughs> nobody screws with them. They just chill in the water all day, oh do their God. thing. Kings of the river. I'm a big fan of the hippo. Like King to, hippo. Wow. I'd like to be reincarnated as a golden retriever in an upper middle class family Ooh. with a camp. That seems like a pretty that nice life. Really <laughs> It seems all right. Uh, what about you, Mara? Um, I I want to be a giraffe. Giraffe? Yeah. Ooh, did you read about the giraffes? No, is it good or bad? No, it's very bad. All right, then don't tell me. <laughs> okay, I'm just letting you know I read this that this week. This is good week. for me right now. Right. We, uh... We picked animals and nobody picked a flying animal. Uh, that's scientific proof that flying is overrated. It is. That nobody picked it. it I all the flying, all the good flying animals are gone. That's like, true. The pterodactyls. Ter- yeah. yeah. <laughs> pterodactyls. Exactly. Sorry, that's like my you. favorite animal. Oh, um, well, that animal. If I could come back as a fictional animal, Godzilla would be good. I've got another interesting giraffe fact. This one is uh, more interesting than just the bad, bad, bad news that I read about them this week. Oh. Did you hear they found out the giraffes are actually uh, classified and there's four different species of giraffe? No. So all the giraffes that you see, they're all giraffes. There's actually four different species. They're not all that different, but they're four distinct species. And the scientists have just figured this out. Mm. Finally done doing whatever they were doing. So that's my giraffe facts for the week. Mm. Hot. <laughs> Hot giraffe action here on the pod. I didn't mean to cut you off, Mara. Go ahead. No, I could, I could just tell by his face that... Are you going to say that giraffes are endangered? 
Go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Refs have been in danger. Oh, no, they're, no. They're, it's worse. Oh, no. Oh, well, my God. I'm shut sorry. up. I haven't even fed one yet. Oh, Hurry they, up. You should do it. They got those, they got those black <laughs> tongues. Those are cool. They got their place. They have their place right up in our, like, shit angle where you can feed giraffes. Fort Ricky? No. Oh. No. No, Fort, oh, it's no, Fort Ricky, thing, Fort Ricky right? is a trap house where the animals it's bite like you. It's like wild experience something. I know what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. Okay. Right, right up there. They got giraffes. I'll make a plan. For now. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break from giraffes and cremation to get on to this week's interview. These people are going to be so thrilled to be on this episode. <laughs> Go ahead, lead them in. Uh, you may not have heard of Smith Market yet, because uh, it hasn't really been opened yet. Uh, however, you may know uh, Lucian, or she was calling herself Luann. She goes by multiple names. Luann Gould and Christopher Tillotson. Uh, they won the Community Foundation's $25,000 Impact Opportunity Contest uh, and they'll be opening up the Smith Market uh, in the old D.B. Smith Hardware Building in downtown Utica. Oh, that's a good spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they came by the Maiden Utica Studios last week. Uh, I had a nice opportunity to sit down and talk with them there. Uh, great interview. We'll be back in just a moment. person and I do them at my apartment so I'm you guys have me on the ropes right now I feel, <laughs> I feel like you guys have the advantage uh, but we're here live in the Maiden Utica studios which I don't come to as often as I should because Justin's always here he's <laughs> not here now currently to hear me insult him uh, but I am here all right I'm gonna ruin this so it's Lucienne Lucian. Lucian. It's beautiful, by the way. Thank you. I'm going to call you Luanne, though, because everyone else Thank seems to call you Luanne Gould. Uh, and Christopher Tillotson. Yes. See, that wasn't so bad, right? Uh, and would you, you guys are the owners. Is that your byline you're going with? The owners of Smith Market? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have you guys on the show. Uh, I just want to let you know, I heard, um, I heard Gennaro earlier giving you a hard time about having a Yahoo email address mm-hmm. still. I'm solidarity. I'm with you. I still have my Yahoo email address. Go I know. I'm, I'm right with you. <laughs> uh, so normally, again, I normally do these with uh, one person at a time. So for now, I'm going to start with you, Luann. We're going to start okay. uh, originally with you. Uh, and let's let's take it back to the beginning. Oh. Um, where were you born? Were you born here? Were you... Utica girl. East were... Utica girl. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, so you were a proctor kid as well? Yes, I was. <laughs> Wonderful. And I did a little bit of research on you. You went to Syracuse University. I did. How did you enjoy Syracuse? What was your time like there? It was it was great. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, actually going to SU compared to Proctor, and my class when I graduated from Proctor mm-hmm. was at that point the largest graduating class. Oh. I'm not going to reveal that, that year. <laughs> However, I was gonna, I was curious. those I was of you ask. out there that know <laughs> what year that was know that was the largest graduating class at that point. So going to Syracuse. Mm. Um, I, you know, I was in the biggest school in the city, and then mm. I went to SU, and I had no idea how much bigger it could get. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was uh, was no longer I was no longer in East Chittica, my friend. I was. Uh, <laughs> 
with, but I enjoyed it. I got a great education, I'm going to tell you. Uh, so I, uh, I sort of, on the sly, work for the Utica School District, and I've sp I went to Proctor. I spent a lot of time there, and one of the, time, one of the things I always tell the kids there uh, is going to Proctor gives you a, a better starting point for what the real world is actually like than going to some other places around here. I won't name school districts. Um, but I always felt like that was important to me as, a, as oh. someone who grew up in that school. It really set me up totally. uh, for the real world in a nice way. Yep. Totally yeah. comfortable yeah. with, I mean, from a people standpoint, mm -hmm. totally comfortable yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I, I always thought it got a bad reputation. I don't know why oh, people Proctor, felt so negative I, I about totally it over the years. I totally um, agree. Yep. So, Sarah, you, you are an arts mm -hmm. and design major. Yes. Yes, I'm a bach I have a bachelor of fine arts. Oh, nice. Um, my major is vis visual communications design. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a designer. Wonderful. And um, uh, started out the the schooling and and well, my actually just from Proctor, mm. you know, it was just I used to spend all my time in the art art studio there and and uh, at Proctor and had great mentoring at Proctor and great family mentoring to pursue art, mm. but I just I decided. Clearly, I was an artist, and that was what I had to do, but I, I knew I didn't have the personality to just try to make money with my painting, and I, right. I wanted to apply my artistic nature and mm. my design sense in a way that I could actually make money, get a job. Well, art, I find art to be a fascinating major. I, I, always, I grew up around artists. I was a musician growing up, and I feel like even today we sort of steer our kids away from pursuing creative pastimes in that way and to, the, to their detriment for sure. And yeah. it's, I understand that we've fallen behind in math and science, but we've tried to co-opt that by just pushing the arts and creativity out of it. It's, it's kind of tough. Yeah. Anyway, that's, yeah, no, I, I was very lucky to <laughs> go to work, go to work and know that I got <laughs> to create, I got to create every day <laughs> of my life. Now, did you, uh, you're still at MVCC as well? Ma? I am. I'm mm. the publications coordinator and, um, Yep, do you do you remember me from temping there in the admissions office? I no, temped in the admissions office I for don't. about six months. <laughs> it's okay. I was a temp. You're not supposed to remember okay. who I am. That's okay. you, guys, you, guys are, you guys are supposed to be mean to me and underpay me. That's the job of a temp. That's what we're there for. <laughs> was that like one of those quick on the spot questions? That was like that was like your quick question. <laughs> that was, I don't know. I just want to really know. <laughs> uh, no, because I, I was an MVC. Uh, I, I did graduate from MVCC okay. as well, so I have a. And this, uh, and associates. That's the first yeah. one, right? See, yeah. that's the kind of student that I was. Um, but I really liked MV. I always thought that uh, MV was a great school for people who wanted to get the most out of it, but didn't have the opportunities that some of the people. I, I love my time. There. Even if you great. have opportunity, yeah. going to MVCC mm. is a great start, and our students do mm. well. Mm. Further down the road. Wonderful, wonderful. Christopher, I know you feel like I've ignored you over here oh, for a yeah. couple of minutes. I, <laughs> so, Chris, hi. <laughs> Chris. So, Chris, we're going to come over to you. Uh, were you also born in Utica? No. no. Where were you born? I'm from Connecticut. Really? Connecticut? Born and raised. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Came up here, moved up here just last year. Oh, last really? August. What was, so, what was it like growing up in Connecticut? Do you remember what town, region? Do you want to talk about that at all? Or? Yeah, I was I born and raised in Waterbury, nice. uh, one of the top five cities there. Uh, UConn graduate, class of 99. Uh, I know, it's a, it's a sore word right now with Syracuse and UConn yesterday, go Huskies. Um, <laughs> it's, it's an unpopular opinion around yeah, here. That's okay. Yeah. We'll let it slide. But, you know, I grew up blue-collar, working-class mm. family there. Um, you know, moved up here within the past year, went uh, liberal arts major, mm -hmm. English and history. Oh, yeah. um, started in retail when I was 18, 
Mm. And retail is like one of those areas either you love it or you hate it. There's kind of, you yeah. don't do retail because there's nothing else to do. You can mm-hmm. pick cans up the side of the road if you want to do it. <laughs> Have been doing it ever since then and absolutely love it and love interacting and working with people. And Yeah, retail, um, I have a lot of respect. I have a, a lot of friends, particularly close friends, who are in the retail world, and I, I never had a head for it. I just couldn't. I couldn't grasp it in the way that they did. I don't think I have an analytical enough mind to understand the concepts. I was better off in the abstract world of like education and mentoring and things like that. You're saying it's, it's the holiday season. We got to be nice to retailers. Can I? No, no. Can I tell you? I my my experience of retail was I worked at an American Eagle for a while, mm-hmm. and I realized that I didn't like any of the clothes I was selling. And then I worked at a record store when no one was buying records anymore. That was my retail experience. I read a lot of Rolling Stone magazine and stared. Uh, Gently into the abyss for mm-hmm. a long period. It was a good job. I yeah. liked it. I liked it. So uh, retail. Did you? What did you go? To, did you go to college for business? Then I would imagine of some sort. No, or? no, no. I went to college. It was, it's a. Uh, was originally going to try to go into medicine. Medicine. And went to bio. And through high school, went to all my science courses, chemistry, biology. Did really well with it. Got to freshman year and took a biology course and bombed it so bad. I was like, well, then I guess I'm not going to medicine. <laughs> so. It's, it's like funny. When you were a kid, like, I was a kid at least. My mom was always like, you can be anything you want. You can be a doctor. I'm like, do you know how much schooling it takes to be a doctor <laughs> yeah. and how smart you have to be? I can barely spell. Like, <laughs> I, can, I, I screw up everything. I fall over when I eat gum. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. point is. You don't want me being your doctor. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of curious. So you spent your, your time in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You grew up here. Mm-hmm. How did you two connect initially? How did the connection happen with you guys? Um, for myself, when I came up here, you know, coming from being 10 minutes away from mm. major cities and just having outlets for food and for shopping, I found up here was just, it was night and day for me. Mm getting in the car and driving an hour to go to the closest mall and the biggest mall was like, it was a shift. So I wanted to have something that was close, familiar to me with smaller stores back home there. Mm. Uh, Fortunate enough to meet Luann who had this vision for well over five plus years. Mm. She kind of planted the seed and she wanted to do it but just never really found... The right partner. Exactly. (laughs) So we met one day. It was definitely meant to be. Mm -hmm. It was... was, um, uh, 2016 hit, and um, and I had been sitting on this idea for years, business plan, sure. all packaged, all done, a lot of thought, packaged and done, um, but I couldn't make the step. Mm-hmm. I felt I couldn't do it by myself. I needed another piece, another part. Mm-hmm. I needed a partner. Mm-hmm. And 2016 hit, and basically I put it out there and said, Okay, idea, you are really good, and you, you, you came to me for a reason, so I have to make you happen this year. And if I don't make you happen this year, 2016, I'm going to let you go and let you go to somebody who can make you happen because you are a damn good idea. And in doing that, it was within weeks, I... Um, well, I guess it was through my cousin, yeah. it was through Tony, mm-hmm. and, a, and who owns Smith Building. Uh, this, yeah, the, uh, you're talking about the D.B. Smith Building on yes. 421 Main right. Street. Yes, yes. and I, that has always been the site Great for building. the vision. Yeah. Um, it really suited the, the urban atmosphere and the, the natural vibe that we're striving for. 
and uh, that's where that's where it was born. That's where the idea was born. I mean, that's very fascinating because I was curious uh, about what the process was with that building, but. <clears throat> From what you're saying, you always had that building. Uh, that in mind. was that's, yeah. That's fascinating. It evolved. We went, but that was where it was conceived. I am no joke. Mm. Um, yeah. that, Our first conversations where she was talking about, you know, Smith Building, Smith Building. Yeah. And we look at other buildings in and around Utica, mm. and everything kept kind of going back to this one particular location. And finally, one day, we both just decided, okay, let's go to the building mm. and just kind of sit in there and just formulate this idea. Mm. And as we both walked in, we're like. Mm -hmm. And if anybody who's seen the building is familiar with it, they've got that really cool Art Deco Smith right on the front of it yeah. there. And just the layout and the vibe of the building, the location of it. It was like, you know, this can kind of work here. And, you know, we were talking even something as small as where possibly to set up a little bar area to be able to do kombucha. Oh, and sure. And be able Wonderful. to do cold pressed juices. And the plumbing is actually already there. Mm. Literally. <laughs> so we're like, we could just set it right here. Here's a, there's a sink. It's already ready to go. So the building's already been formulated and it now, just don't make sense. I'm very curious. I, I heard you guys talking about this earlier. It's my job as a capital P professional journalist to pay attention to these things. Uh, you'd mentioned uh, Forger's Market in Brooklyn. I've spent a lot of time. I spent years in Brooklyn. So I, I got to see a lot of this locally grown organic movement sort of swell up. I lived in the Fort Greene area. I used to go to the Fort Greene markets all the time. Did you have inspirations that sort of you I, looked at and said, like, yes? Yeah, well, essentially, I, I've been way ahead of the trend. Mm. I've been on this path long before it became a thing. Sure, And, sure. Um, I mean, my, I have three sons. They grew up with healthy food all the mm. time. They grew up going to school with brown bread and would come home cry and cry because everybody else in school had white bread. Why do we have brown bread? <laughs> of course, of course. And um, we had to have our salads and we had didn't have soda and, you know, it goes on and on. But I've been on this, this mm. for a very, very long time. But it all stems back to growing up in an Italian household with my grandmother and grandfather on one floor of the house and my parents and I on the other and the gardens and the going outside, mm -hmm. growing your own foods, you know, hunting your own meat. And it, it, it wasn't anything then. It was just the only way to eat. We ate real food. And, yeah. and I, I grew up with that. And then I just, like I said, even in college, I, I got on the hook. I was just hooked into um, a healthier way to eat. And, and and live and be happy and, and take care of my health. And I, I have a belief that uh, food is medicine. Mm. If, well, that's a fair point. I think what you're <laughs> there's a, people always think you don't give enough credit sometimes, at least most of the general public, to what we're putting in our own bodies, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. it's just it's a very simple thing to pay attention to and care about, but people just right. get lost and in it. They do. And and I don't. I can't imagine anything more important than spending my my resources on putting good food into my body. I mean, if I have a choice between a really great sweater or really good food, I'm going to pick really good food because mm. what is more important? Well, as you can see, I've I've never chosen uh, clothing <laughs> over food once in my life. It's always been food. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, you, I can't help it. it's just that what I'm saying is it's it's always been a priority right, course, for me and my and my family and my children. And you know, we've addressed a lot of issues through food, and and it's succeeded. And you know, I've been on the path for a long time, and I've been wanting to bring it more and more to more people. And and we just 
there's a need. And <laughs> there is a growing uh, community of like-minded individuals uh, here in the in the community. I'm sure you guys have worked with them already. In the, you know, going back, yeah, so and it's mm-hmm. growing, yeah. and it's it's wonderful to see the restaurants and everybody getting on board with this because a healthy population is a happier population. So. Well, I want to talk a little bit with you guys about uh, the Community Foundation. Congratulations, by the way, on you guys winning the $25,000 Impact Opportunity Challenge. That's a Thank mouthful. You. I had Thank to practice you. that a couple times. Wow, you did that well. It's not bad. I'm not, again, <laughs> I spend a lot of time doing this, whatever you want. <laughs> but congratulations, guys. 58 people applied. 33 people were accepted. You guys made it all the way through. I'm curious because we were also in this competition. Thanks, guys. I, yeah, no. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, but when uh, I get, <laughs> I was wondering if no, that was like, going to pop no, up. No, no, like, no, no. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I know. Thank me. I know. Uh, or what our website's going to now look no, like. <laughs> no, it's it's funny because uh, I actually know a lot of other people as well who were in this uh, in this competition, and it was actually it was an interesting feeling. It's like you know, I'd like to win, but. I know that what these people are doing is great, so I also want everybody to win. It was a really yeah, and, I, and I'm glad, and it's nice to see you guys get this this award. And did, when did it feel real? Like when did it feel like it was going to happen? Did you guys have an idea like right off the bat, or was it just like I'm let's just do our best and hope? I think pretty much for me it was like when the balloons dropped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, then you uh, wouldn't to be quite honest. And I'm like, it took me a second. They announced it, and I just remember sitting there going. Oh, oh, wait a minute, hi. That was, so I think it was at that point. And, it, you know, to your point, everybody that presented had such an amazing idea and yeah. so many amazing concepts. And I remember talking to Loanne when we got to the semifinals saying, okay, we obviously went through this and we're like, okay, so this is what we have, this is what we have. We didn't even think we would get that far because mm. there were so many things that were coming forward that were so, you know, what would feel comfortable to you to cut? And our concept and our idea is so brand new and so fresh. We were like, you know, how well is it received? And then we got the notification about being in the finals. And then we're like, okay. So we kind of stand a chance at this. Yeah. And then, like I said, for me, it was when the balloons dropped. I, I think from it, at that point, I mean, like Christopher said, I never never dreamed to, to keep going down, you know, that far into the competition. Um, but when it came to the, sem- the finals, honestly, I didn't c- care about winning. Mm. I just wanted to present well. Mm. I wanted my idea to be known and presented well mm-hmm. to everybody there and anybody that was going to talk about it from that point forward. And it was, it was a fantastic opportunity for any of us to present, you know, what we were doing in the community. So, um, but I guess I. I guess I presented well. Yeah. You do well enough, certainly. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, going forward, um, projecting into the future, um, what would you, how long do you guys think before everything is up and running in your minds? Just a soft number in your idea. Of like, if you have no idea, that's okay, too. I'm just sort of no, curious. We, like we, have, we have a goal for spring yeah. 2017. Spring and, awesome. you know, it's going to – the build-out that it should be starting soon. Wonderful. And, you know, all those little details, but – we really hope spring 2017 mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. farmers Wonderful. will be ready and rolling and producing and it'll be a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. This is the exciting part, guys. Yeah. Are you ready? You're ready for the... Wow. That's, <laughs> that, ready? that's really scary. And, you know, 
just keep putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how I got here. So I guess it was just I put one foot in front of the other. Oh, and that's the and funny thing. Like she just said, you know, and put it out there in the universe and everything's just kind of falling into place. Yeah. So yeah. It, the market will open and then everybody will come flocking to it. And then before yeah. long, we'll be. You know, if you have your heart in something, it just it, it can't it can't it can't go bad if you're, it's real. I heard, I, I don't, I'm going to, it's going to annoy me that I can't remember what podcast I was listening to today that was talking about it, but it was basically the idea that when you're setting your goals, you should always set them at a level that's a little bit scary for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And that, and when you get to that point, that's when you know you've made it to where you need to aim and that's where you should start. So if you're not a little bit scared, you're probably not okay. doing enough. All so right. I, congratulations yep, on that. Definitely, <laughs> definitely got scared. Uh, so I know that we're working on a website. Uh, where can people get a hold of you guys now if they wanted to know more about what's going on? Uh, Community Foundation website, is there a place they can go to read about Smith Market or? Website's going up, so info at smithmarketutica.com. Info at smithmarketutica.com. Correct. Any, you know, Questions, you can reach out to myself, Christopher, smithmarketutica.com. Oh, look at you guys. See? I like it. You guys already know all the email addresses. Right, and I don't know whatever mine is yet. It's either Luann or Lucian. we got to decide on a name. You can have multiple. I have like seven email addresses. i got to let you know. I only use three of them. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show today. But before we let you go, it is time for the lightning round. Um, I've never done the lightning round with two people before, so I think I'll do... Yeah, this is going to be great. I think I'll do each question for, for each of you at the same So I'll do one question, and you both answer. We'll go to the next question, okay. I think. So the so first question, right. um, Luann, we'll start with you. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I take it with Ticino. Oh, I don't know what that is. What I is know. It? You will find out. Oh, interesting. I like good marketing. See, that's good marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher, how about you? When you wake up in the morning, how's your coffee? Black, two sweet and lows. Mm, that, that's the, that was the, <laughs> the cadence of a man who's not changed that in a long time. I know what I'm having in the morning. All right, so uh, let's flip it around. Chris, you can take the lead on this one. Uh, what was your first car? Uh, did 1987 Chevy Celebrity Eurosport. Oh. <laughs> White with maroon interior. Good lord. <laughs> 87. 87. <laughs> my first car was in 87. It had the the, winch, the the headlights that popped up on the front. Oh, my god! Which I thought were cool yeah, until, until they, it was... They didn't pop? Yeah, because it was frozen cold <laughs> in the Utica winter, and I had to pry it open with the, uh, with the ice scraper. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Great, great Christmas morning that was. All right. Uh, how about you, Luann? First car. I don't know the year, but I, it was a Renault. A Renault. Yes. Mm. And, and the back doors didn't close. I had them roped together. <laughs> yes. And yes. it was really great. It was maroon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Luann, when you may or may not have taken your maroon uh, Renault to this concert, but where was your first rock and roll concert? Doesn't have to be rock and roll, I suppose. Whoa. Ah. Uh, boy, I don't know. Christopher, Christopher, I can't even remember. Of course, it was, it was an era where I may not remember because I understand. I was, no, it's, you, know. you know, that was the lay of the land. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher, my first concert actually happened the same day as New York City Pride. Madonna was performing in yes. Hartford. It was honestly the gayest day ever because. Oh. Cher, I believe, was conducting the Pride train down. Oh, we man. had decorated our car with rainbow <laughs> streamers and jello shots, and then we came back and went to Madonna. So, see, Madonna is the kind of artist who I can't. I feel like there's got to be so much live show. It's got to be overwhelming almost to see it live. Uh, it, it was, it, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> surreal. I mean, 
You spend the day down in New York City, you're in the heat, you're amongst all those people to get on a train, you go up there, it, just, it never... I'm still trying to recover from it many years later. Uh, so uh, speaking of music, uh, let's go with this category. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. This Is Us. Oh, oh This amazing. Is Us. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's what get, everyone tells me. I don't get addicted me. to TV I'm, shows, yeah. and I'm, I will, like, uh, you know, I will rewatch shows that are on. Golden sure. Girls, you throw it out to me, I can name whatever this. <sighs> this Girls. Is Us, though, is such an amazing show because it just, it, the, the acting, the... The dynamics between the relationship to the family. Absolutely beautiful show. My yeah. mom and stepdad love it, and they keep... My mom and stepdad throw shows at me all the time. I'll just come, I watch Wayward Pines, and they'll just slap it at me. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. But this is the way... They've been harping on me for... So I should pay attention to them and listen and yes. watch the show then. Yes. All right, yeah. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, my son told me, look, mom, you've got to... You, she's like, mom, you are... And I did. I yep. caught up on it, and I... Even be, at the beginning, I'm... I'm already all emotional <laughs> yep. and I'm already in it. Yeah, that's a really great show. Uh, Luann, do you want to use the same one for that one? Uh, it, yep, and just finished Big Magic. And if you're going Big to want to do anything that is creative, and we're all creative, we're all creative beings, read Big Magic. Hmm. Interesting. i never heard of that one before. Is it, is it a book? It's a book. Huh. I'm going to look that up when I get out of here. All right. We're, we're meant, we are one of the few beings on this, we're the few, the, we are meant to be creative, hmm. so don't Wonderful. fear that. Wonderful. Yep. I like that. Yep. This is a question that uh, I've never done with two people on the show before, um, so let's, let's see how this works. Well, we're going to start with you, and if you guys can come up with one that you both like, even better. You guys are, let's say, the tag team champions of professional wrestling. And you are making your way down the ramp to the ring to defend your title. What is the theme song playing in the background? We are the champions. We are the champions. Queen. Queen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know. Is, do you have a, is that okay with you, Liam? I am fine with that. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. And, um, and besides uh, local organic grown uh, food market, Smith Market, what you guys have done, uh, besides arts and design, behind, besides This Is Us, guys, give me one more thing that you guys are passionate about. I'm passionate about people, people here in Utica. Wonderful. Totally passionate. I love this place. I love mm. the people. Mm. I like to hear that. This is a, this was like, you know, I, we talk about it a lot in the show, and I, I hate to repeat myself, but I do it constantly. When I left in 2008, I could not wait to get out. Yeah. I was so miserable, you know, and, and that's also being young and in your 20s, yeah. and you think that if you run away from what scares you or what your problems are, that they'll go away, and then you realize you take those with you to wherever you go, and then you're just miserable wherever you are. I'm, I feel honored sometimes to be back here to see the good things that are happening. Because uh, I, I really did for a long time think that it was never going to happen. That it was all just, it was all yeah. going downhill. And yeah, it, it and, is. That's, that, I hung in there. <laughs> I hung in there, hoped and hoped and hoped. Because I got the tail end of this Utica downtown really being yeah. the place to, to be mm. and hang out and the people and the stuff. And then I saw it and it just disappeared. Yeah. And you know, I hung in there, and I, but the people brought me back. It's um, there's a different feeling here, and I yeah, it's my own hometown, but I do love it here. But it is this town deserves what's happening, and I hope it just continues because um, I'd like to prove a lot of people wrong right now. Wonderful. 
Christopher Luann, it is an absolute pleasure uh, to meet you folks and talk with you. Congratulations uh, on winning the award and the Community Foundation and the grant money, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do. It's a real pleasure. Thank you guys Thank so you. much. Thank and uh, folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. No, you can, it's okay. It's, I got I to gotta edit anyway when we're... Are you done? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. We're done here. Yeah. You have, like, an amazing radio voice. <laughs> amazing radio face as well, they tell me. I've met a few I've had my Yeah, so we are the champions by Queen, the second Queen song we've had on the theme song game. Uh, thank you again, Luann Gould, Christopher Tillotson. Uh, again, there's not a whole lot of info on Smith Market yet. Their website is being built currently, uh, but you'll be hearing more and more about them as we get closer and closer to kickoff date for them. So uh, please follow up with them. Facebook will link you some stuff on the website. So, uh, guys... Queen, do we weeks? want to talk about now? Well, we can talk about Queen for oh, a second. Like, oh, God, jeez. I think we'll pass on that. You, I mean, you were the uh, listen, the last segment before the interview. Hopefully they brought some levity in, because i got to tell you, the power of the pad... juicy? The power of the pad uh, is very dark this week. Uh, well, we got, we're going to get into some juicier stuff. Juicy. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, but for now, uh, let's get into this week's history lesson. It's that time for yesterday's history. Uh, today, <laughs> on this day, December 12th in 1980, American oil tycoon Armand Hammer, great... Great name. Uh, paid $5.1 million at auction for the notebook consisting of writings from the legendary artist Leonardo da Vinci. Wait, his name is Armand Hammer? Armand Hammer. Like, yeah. like the soda? Yeah, A-R-M-A-N-D is <laughs> the first name. But that's not name. the guy who came up with Armand Hammer? You know, I didn't really think about it. Maybe he's an Certainly oil. Not. That's <laughs> what it's called, right? Armand Hammer? Armand Hammer. Yeah, Armand Hammer. Yeah. That's a great name. That's the baking soda guy. Mm. It's a power name. Armand Hammer. I can't think of anything I would want to pay five point two billion, like two two million dollars for. Like, what do I want that badly that I would? Nothing. How wait? How much? Five point two million dollars. I think of tons of things I'd spend that on. But like, what? Like, this is a singular item. Like, like do you care enough about one particular? That'd be like I would spend five million dollars on the the bullet that they shot Lincoln with. Like, it's got to be. It's like that's a very yeah. You hated Lincoln. Um, I still love Lincoln. Does property (laughs) count? I guess property counts. Ugh, I mean, would. does it? I could, I could absolutely get a five million dollar boat. No question, could I get a five million dollar boat? I guess what my question is: like this guy, Armand Hammer, must have had such a fascination with Leonardo da Vinci that he said, "I need to spend whatever money I need to get this artifact." Or right? he was impressing a girl. Or ooh, I know. Oh, that's actually interesting. I, I didn't know. think about or it. Or even more in uh, in going in you know in having been exposed to some circles with some like wildly rich people and getting to like watch their day to day 
behavior and what their motives are. Probably not even a girl because girls, for a lot of rich guys like that, I feel like girls don't even register because it's just like another, they mm. see it as another resource, but they want to impress their peers. Mm. They want to be looked at as, oh, look at that guy who was able to get the only Da Vinci notebook. It all ends up being like just a dick measuring contest between these guys mm. for who can have the nicest, the biggest, the most special, mm. the most everything like that. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> uh, quick, do you guys really do that? Not in public. I mean, no. Wait, no, no, what? No, 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 no. Yeah, you do. No, no they yeah, don't. you no. do. I no. can tell, but you guys are bad liars. No, I'm, I'm trying to. Fi- I was trying to figure out what you were talking about because it's. Uh... <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, we men do a lot of weird stuff. Sorry. Uh, the the five point uh, five point twelve million price tag was the highest ever paid for a manuscript at the time. Uh, for context, a copy of the Gutenberg Bible had gone for only two million uh, in 1978. I'm very happy with the price, uh, Hammer said later. I expected to pay more. <laughs> Excuse All me. All right, big Must bucks. be nice. Jesus. Big timing. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a history lesson for you. And then I do have one quick history lesson. You guys are going to be annoyed, but I want to get to a point I'm going to make. Is it about Donald Trump? No, it's about Steven Gerrard. If you don't know who that is, you're about to. On this, uh, on this day, last, uh, last week in 2004, uh, Steven Gerrard... Uh, scored one of the most important goals in Liverpool Football Club history, defeating Olympiacos 3-1 to uh, with 3.5 minutes left to get Liverpool into the Champions League and give them the biggest win in Liverpool history, at least in the last 25 years. Like Liverpool? Like Liverpool, the soccer club. Like the, not Liverpool and Syracuse, Liverpool and England. Oh. <clears throat> now, why am I talking about this? Because Be- you love soccer. I do love soccer, but very particularly, I love Steven Gerrard. Uh, we oh. didn't talk about this a few weeks ago because I didn't, I just sort of forgot to bring it up on the show, and it's not super important, but I just thought it was interesting. When I started watching soccer in about two years after that, in 2006, mm-hmm. one of the reasons I got into it was watching this guy who played for Liverpool, this guy, Steven Gerrard. He was really, really good. Mm-hmm. He retired last week, by the way, after okay. a phenomenal career, one of the best of all time. Okay. But I always... when you, As a kid who likes sports, you always, like, especially as a young man, you get sort of, like, influenced by stuff you see. Mm-hmm. And Steven Gerrard was like this athlete who was always super classy, and he was always very team first. Is he hot? No, he's very average looking. But oh. it's but you know what I mean like that. But that even plays into more of like why I connected with this guy. Something about <laughs> this character, like his character and the way he presented himself, I was like, yeah, like that's that's how you should do it. And I don't know why it resonated with me. Um, and the reason I bring it up is I ask these kids at my school questions all the time as part of our uh, processing. We do these learning plans, mm-hmm. and one of the questions we ask them is. Uh, who's your role model and why? And more often than not, people just say family or friends. No one ever says like a celebrity or anything uh, once in a while. But I'm, I'm curious at why we, do you have people that were not important, like celebrities, like unimportant people that were important to you growing up that left impacts on you? I'm just kind of curious. There's a huge difference, I think, between like role models and just celebrities that you like a lot. I was just going to say that. Mm. You like what like I mean you so we'll use Steven Gerrard as your example. You like Steven Gerrard a lot and like you know you identified with him, but what did you learn from Steven Gerrard? Uh, I learned that uh, you know glory is not something that you take in si- uh, simultaneously. Like, I don't do this podcast because I want to be famous by myself. I do it because I like doing it with you guys and the better I do the better we all do the better the product oh. works. Do you understand? I'm just like it's 
he was one of the first like athletes to really be selfless in a sport full of athletes who are not selfless necessarily. And so I think that gets to a point about role models where it's more about taking bits and pieces from these different people who only mm. knew bits and pieces of themselves and who they are. You know what I mean? Sure. So you can be influenced by hundreds or thousands of different people and things, but it's weird for somebody to have a straight-up, one-off role model of somebody that they admire to the point of emulation when they don't actually know that person. Right. Or only know secondhand stories about that person or anything like that. Well, the closest thing I could think of other than that was, like, growing up was Derek Jeter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for whatever reason, kids of a certain age range, just for guys like you and me in our age range, like, looked at Jeter as, like, yes, this is the baseball player. This is, like, the, the model of, like, yeah, he's a classy guy. He does it the right way. Like, I don't know why we look for role models like that. Maybe it's just a generational thing. Maybe it's because I grew up in parents of divorce. I like, need, like, male role models. Who knows? Maybe. But I always find yourself, like, connecting to these weird people for some reason who have no concept that you would... You know, you should. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I don't think I have one. No one, no like, no one you care to. No, like I have the Hulkster over there. He was another one for a long time until he turned into a scumbag. (laughs) No, if you asked me when I was seven, I probably would have said Britney. But Mm. and that that's one of those things where like then you examine it and you're like, I just like her. You know, and I'm like, Nah, she's a mess. Right. But Mm. yeah, I don't really, I don't really pay attention to anything that's like. You know, media, like, hmm. celebrities. Not even media. Like there's, I mean, there's authors. You know what I mean? There's authors. There's political figures, activists. Mm. Anybody, anywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Outside of just the regular circle. Hmm. No. I think, I, I think I'm think i so uh, understanding that everyone's so human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything, anything that I would really look up to for one person, that person's looking up to something else for mm. someone else. So it's like, you know, we're all pretty much just doing the same thing. We all just like specific things. That's why I like the idea of taking bits and pieces from people because I yeah. say this all the time, all, all the time. You can, every single person you come across, every single person you experience, whether you experience them in a direct situation or a secondhand situation or through observation, you can learn from every single one of these people. Mm-hmm. From the worst people you can learn. There's things that you can learn from, you know, Hitler and Osama bin Laden. The mm. same thing, there's things you could learn from, you know, Mr. Rogers and from people like that. You can learn from every single human being and I think sometimes people put in the public eye gives you more of an opportunity to learn from a person in a unique perspective that you wouldn't have access to otherwise. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can I can get behind that. Right. Who is the closest... The closest we ever got to having like a quote-unquote celebrity was on this show was like Hacksaw Jim Duggan who was a professional wrestler. I certainly wouldn't consider him like a role model. <laughs> but like... Yeah, right. Then it's like... Why am I interested in having this person on? Like, just because they're famous? Because I wouldn't have probably talked to them. Childhood idol. Childhood idol, I suppose. Right. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's move on from that. I guess that's enough talking about role models. And uh, as I mentioned, next week, it's going to be our Christmas episode. Christmas did sort of sneak up on us. Um, oh, my God. So I did a lot of shopping today. I was on uh, Amazon. Thank God for my Amazon Prime account. Again, they don't sponsor us, but if they'd like to. They totally could. You know, if you guys want, show me that money. This episode <laughs> brought to you by... My Amazon Prime account. Um, but I did go and check out um, some of the most popular gifts that are selling on Amazon 2016. Uh, see what you guys think about the top five, okay? Okay. Top five selling items on Amazon. Number one, the board game Cards Against Humanity. Well, you guys, I believe that. Technically, it's a card game. It is a card there game. There is no board. Well, that's fair. Okay, so now we're getting into semantics here. <laughs> I'm just being a brat. I'm not surprised by that, although I'm surprised it's still like a best-selling item. No, because it just crossed over to the mainstream recently. Yeah. I know it's been around, uh, but it's been fringier than you think. 
Mm. It's been around a lot of the places that like we've seen and like early adopters and like younger people of a specific like subculture subset of people. Mm-hmm. But I think just in the past year or two, it's really pushed over and had that tipping point in the mainstream culture. Yeah, mm. I love that game. It's a fun game. I always thought of Apples to Apples as being the more popular one, but it seems like probably not anymore. I don't even know. Well, it was for a long time, because you can play Apples to Apples as the same game, but without the, oh my god, look at how gross the words on the cards are thing. Yeah. Oh, so I was like, an only child I've had, had some... <laughs> uh, Apples to Apples is another relatively new game, too, and they sort of modeled... Them, I mean, they 100% modeled Cards of Humanity on it, uh, but Apples to Apples, I've had some really fun times on holidays playing with like my cousins that are like... You can have people all the way down to the age of like seven or eight and stuff like that. Mm. So that's not a bad game either. Like if you're if you have like mixed age family or like mm. mixed age people or something like that. Uh, number two best selling item is actually a combination of the Amazon Echo or the Amazon Echo Dot. You've probably seen commercials for them where people just ask a robot named Alexa to answer questions for them. Yeah. Uh, of course, what I'm really getting at though is any sort of gift that's basically a uh, a digital assistant. I gotta be honest. I've never been good with talking to machinery and getting it to do what I want. Like no. I never jumped on Siri when that was a thing when people were like, Siri, tell me what the weather is. I can look up what the weather is. Yeah. I don't feel like I would use it if I if someone bought it for me. I've seen I've seen it being used like I went to someone's house and they had it and they were using it and it was kind of cool when they had like a party and there was like, you know, music and it helps like control the music and stuff, but honestly, other than that, I was like, what is this like what else do you do with this I thing? I think Amazon has it. That speaks to Amazon's larger problem is they're terrible at branding their stuff. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. terrible at explaining what stuff they have and what it does. Like, they're talking about Amazon, like Fire Sticks, Fire TV, uh, the this Echo, mm. all the different things they put out. They're very bad at explaining what they're trying to sell. Yeah, I have mm. no idea. Uh, glad you brought that up. Amazon Fire Stick is actually number three. Same thing for sort of a Chromecast. Uh, these are actually pretty are good cool. Christmas gifts, though. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these items tend to fall in that, like, magic between 25 and $40 range that's like, hey, I mm. care enough to get you a real gift. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's mean. No, it's not. Uh, number four, uh, I don't know much about cameras, so Mara, you're going to be my eyes and ears oh, on I this have one. one. What is a Fujifilm Instax instant film camera? It's pretty much like a Polaroid. It's, it's those little Polaroid, Polaroid cameras. I got one for oh. my sister last year. One the Julie Dukes is carrying around like all summer for a little while. They're fun a though because I have one that's like uh, it's a wide one, right? So it prints out like five by seven. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's also like this big. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's huge. Those are cool. I, I don't know if my sister how much she still uses it, but she liked it a lot and got a ton of use out of it. It's fun because just the same way that people have vinyl records now, man. Like photos have become a thing that's not real anymore. Yeah. Mm. So it's nice to have one copy in your hands and have that be the only copy, and that's just it. You know what I mean? It means yeah. more. And people love the look of Polaroids anyway. People mm. look at Polaroids like they never seen before. And they're like, look, it even looks like one. <laughs> to be honest, we're getting to the point too where a lot of people probably haven't. Oh. I mean, when did Polaroids really stop becoming something that like everybody has all the time? A while ago. You know what I mean? It was a while ago. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and the number five, uh, Sony PlayStation 4, particularly the new, slimmer, cheaper variant they've been selling. I gotta be honest, I would be gassed if somebody bought me a PlayStation 4. I know it's very... So for all you listeners out there... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I know that's an easy, like, low-hanging number five. What are they five. charging for it? Oh, man, I would have to check out what the price... Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, here we go. Okay. PlayStation 4 Slim 500 gigabyte bundle is $270 with a game what and a controller. What would you do with it? Do you play games or something? Look, you can... Oh, he does. Oh, my God, you're a gamer. Yeah, for sure. Look, I think that video games are a, a fine way to spend my time. It's a better price cost than going to the movies. Wrong. Thank like. you. Wrong. We also use the Xbox no, pop it. For, for all of our uh, sort of... 
Hulu and Netflix. Yeah, that's, so that's, 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 I, I get the point of that. I like that's the, what you use your Fire Stick for. Yeah, there you go. We have the Chromecast. Oh, that's true. I just want games. I was actually thinking about switching to Fire Stick personally mm. instead of my Chromecast in my room. It yeah. seems uh, just. I pay for Amazon Prime and they have really good content on their video. Mm, They're like yeah, streaming it, and you can't get it unless you use a Fire Stick. Right. You can't Chromecast it because they want you to buy their thing. Mm. Yeah. Top selling DVDs of the year: uh, Secret Life of Pets, Finding Dory, Captain America: Civil War. Who is all of these DVDs? movies? Suck. Star Trek Beyond. Civil War was alright. Jason Bourne. Civil War. Suicide sucks. Squad. And oh. An eight-film collection of Harry Potter. I literally Trash. don't like a like any. I I genuinely don't like any of those. Whatever. I thought Civil War was fun. Civil War was pretty good. The it rest of them too long. The, it was way the, so, all know, movies are too long. I know, but Marvel pushes the top-selling books. At least three of them are Harry Potter books. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Harry Potter oh, and the Chamber of Secrets. I don't hate Harry Potter. I just wish that the list of top-selling books weren't all the same Harry Potter just thing. Just put Harry Potter like in the one. Yeah. Just have it be like Harry yeah. Potter one group. Uh, and then most popular new music, uh, something called Blue and Lonesome by the Rolling Stones. Hey, they're alive. Good for them. <laughs> uh, something called the Pentatonix Christmas. Sure. Oh, that's like a acapella singing group that people are on to. Does Metallica have a new album? Yeah, I'm out of the loop, man. I don't know. Anything. And then two versions of the Hamilton soundtrack. I know that sold out because my niece wants it. And I, I can't think find it's it. interesting that all the top selling it's like Hamilton. albums on Amazon are all albums that people who would actually still buy like physical media are consuming. Yeah, like old folks product. Yeah, much. Broadway show tunes, old rock bands, and something, acapella Christmas acapella songs. Christmas songs. Yeah, what's that Hamilton? Hamilton's that Broadway play about Alexander Hamilton where everyone raps. It's very popular. Oh. My niece wants the mixtape. That's what she wants for Christmas. Well, cool. They did a great job with that because, I mean, the Hamilton's been so embraced by, like, the, oh, man, I don't know what culture you want to call it, but the, the we'll say the social justice culture. The alt-left. And it's really cool what they've done, and it's interesting that they've, I mean, if that's the way they're going to get, like, these, you know, older <laughs> folks to pay attention to, like, real issues of, like, you know... Race and sexuality with mm. some music with some musical. That's a pretty tricky way to get in there. Whatever works. Very tricky. Uh, guys, uh, before we get into our Christmas party discussion, I just want to shout out next week the Christmas special. Hoping, cross my fingers, we're gonna get this done. We'd like to do some live Facebook live video work for our Christmas special. I may wear a Santa costume. Maybe I'm, I'm gonna be a reindeer. Kev, I'll be Santa. here. I'll be here. It's Monday. Santa. I'm here. Can we get that like white hair dye and it'll oh. it'll wash out in the shower? White beard dye would be pretty good, actually. You'd be pretty tough with a white beard, Kev. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Just give me a couple of years. Uh, so we're going to try and get this working this week. I'm going to talk to Parkinson. I'm going to get the video work set up. Uh, if you have any fun ideas for what you'd like to see us do on live uh, Uticast video recording. Yes. Yeah, let us know. Keep it PC, guys. Jerks. Um, all right. Office Christmas parties. Let's... Mar, you said earlier before we brought this up to you that you've never been to an office Christmas I've party. I've never been or to a work one. Christmas party. It doesn't have to just be an office. No, either. never. I've you... never been to a Christmas party ever. Really? Yeah. Not, no work Christmas parties. Never been invited. No. No wait. Was... No Christmas parties. Period. N- no, I've never been to a Christmas party. I think I'm going to my first one this year. Wow. Hmm. I don't. I don't go to. A... Well, I know you've invite talked me about to your Christmas parties. <laughs> You're always invited. welcome to Christmas parties. <laughs> Uh, well, if you've never worked in an office or if you work in any sort of work location that has Christmas parties, this tends to be the time of the year when they start popping up. Yeah, everyone's having them. Basically between now and then, sometimes you get them like that first week of January. You mm-hmm. ever see those? That's always a little weird. That's strange. I'm actually, the one Christmas party that I got invited to that I'm actually really looking forward to this year is in January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I got mine coming up this week. You just had your Christmas party. Although I work in the education sector, you work in like the, uh, I don't know what you would call that sector. Boozy the, sector. The, uh, what's the word for, uh, like the hospitality sector. There you go. Ish. <laughs> Mine, well, mine's a different scenario because, yeah, we do, I mean, we do, you know, brew the product there and yeah, everything like sure. that. Obviously, you know, we're not keeping any secrets about where I work, but like... It's weird because for me and my job, it's my job specifically in my department and my building and my location that has to execute and plan the Christmas party. Ah. So, like, I was semi-working the Christmas party, and I got to go around. But, I mean, I think office work Christmas parties are all generally almost always overrated. Oh, for sure. I mean, we do. We roll out, you know, pretty hard. We've got 120, 130 employees. I mean, we had a carving station, pasta stations, dessert stations, DJ, upstairs, downstairs, like, you know. Obviously, all the taps are flowing, everything yeah. like that. Uh, big auctions with like you know we, a bunch of like raffle prizes and stuff like that and everything. So we do a great Christmas party and it was fun. But at the end of the day, if you're partying with the people you work with, it's never really going to be an all the way party. Right. If you're partying with your bosses, your supervisors, the people who judge the content of your character to make decisions that affect your future, you it's not a party. Yeah. You know, because everybody, you hear horror stories all the time with people who get drunk and say something they shouldn't to their boss or do something inappropriate at the party and it ruins jobs. Not worth it. Yeah. Well, in that same vein, I have a couple do's and don'ts for your office or work Christmas parties. We're going to go through them and okay. sort of unpack them here. Okay. Uh, first off, do show up. If you are invited to a work Christmas party, don't blow it off because you don't want to be that dude who blew off the party for no reason. Well, where were you? You weren't at the Christmas party. It's Sorry. just a bad look. If up, just come up with a good excuse. If you're not going to go, come up with a real excuse. Or just make an appearance. Just Can't get a babysitter. Can't get a babysitter. Huge one. I heard a lot of that from people who didn't want to go to the office Christmas party this year. Diarrhea. Um, Diarrhea. No, no one's going to question you. Food poisoning. You. Yeah, no one's going to question you. <laughs> Sounds too fake, though. They're no, that's say, super nah, fake. Ain't got the second somebody says that, you know they're faking, though. That's the trick. <laughs> or also, with I'm especially extra with mine, but with any party where there's alcohol involved, I don't really know how I'm going to get home. Mm. I talk to a lot of people who work at our place that live in like Rome or live up in like Coldbrook or Poland or something. Like I'm not coming down there even just having two or three beers and then yeah. risking it and going out and driving. No way. Not worth it. Uh, same line. Don't stay late. Don't be the last guy or girl at the Christmas party. Unless you're helping to clean. Unless you're helping to clean. But don't be the last person at the bar taking shots with the janitor. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> uh, do dress appropriately. This doesn't have to be nice. You want to give a nice impression. Uh... Maybe you want to go a little Christmas theme, wear a funny Christmas sweater. <laughs> what you don't want to do is like overdress. You really keep shouldn't. Keep your boobs in your shirt. Yes, ladies, keep your boobs in your shirt. Keep your butt. In uh, your men, pants. you don't have to wear tuxes. You don't have to really outclass yourself here. Just look the part. All right. Uh, here's another do, and this is for you people who are in relationships. Not that I would know anything about this. <laughs> if you're in a relationship, Smart. do bring the person you're in a relationship. Why? Because your coworkers don't know this person, and this is a good way to. Institute conversation breaks you up, makes you seem like a little more of a star. You got somebody new, someone they've never seen before, leaves an impression. Also, do leave an impression. Oh, it's important right. to let people know that you were there, especially okay. if you're planning on ducking out early. That's the Jim Halpert method. Will I will I ruin your flow if I dissent on bringing your significant other to? No, please party? go ahead. Uh, not necessarily saying that you shouldn't or that there's anything wrong with it or anything of that nature. I hate bringing people mm. somewhere where they don't know the people we're going to. And, like, if it's just a casual party with, like, you know, friends at a friend's house, that's different. But, like, same reason, like, if you're in a relationship and it's, like, a huge, like, a specific family wedding and you're not that deep in where it's a given, same thing with an office Christmas party. 
you don't know anybody here and I don't want, number one, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable or left out by not knowing anybody. And I also don't want to sit there and mm. babysit's not the right word, but it gets the point across. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be responsible for keeping eyes on somebody it depends what kind time. of person you're dating. It is. does totally yeah. depend on that. But like, yeah. I don't think it's a default, like bring whatever person that's you're well, that's, currently rubbing yourself against. That was the point. I was going to make, don't just bring somebody to bring somebody. Bring your wife, bring your long-term girlfriend, bring your significant other, someone who you know and care about and you don't have to watch the whole time. Right. Don't just bring some train wreck maniac because you don't want to go by yourself because that person might cost you a job. Don't bring your Tinder date. Don't bring your Tinder date or your grinder date because we don't, you know, I, I keep it very all over the place here in the show. <laughs> uh, and finally, as I mentioned, uh, I'm a guy who likes to leave early. There's nothing wrong with leaving early, nothing wrong with a little Irish exit, nothing wrong with sneaking out. Sorry to appropriate your culture, Kev. Um, I stand by the Jim Helper method, though. Take a picture, tell a funny story, mm-hmm. tell a joke, see as many people okay. as you can so they dip know out. you were there, and then <laughs> dip out. And last but not least, no matter how tempting, don't sleep with any of your coworkers. I know it's probably tempting. There's probably some attractive coworkers out there. No. Nope. Only badness and darkness can come from this. And don't overdrink. Don't over. Those sort of fall on the same line, I think. Yeah, <laughs> right? there was like a Christmas party. Okay, I'm not gonna say where it was. There was a Christmas party at a place, and the guy had Snapchat me what had happened. And there was a Christmas, uh, work Christmas party, and she. This is like a really nice place, and her and her boyfriend were walking, and she got so obliterated that she fell on her face. In front of an elevator, and there was like blood oh, all oh. over the floor, and then like a bunch of people got stuck in the elevator. I was like, "What's going on?" Oh. See, that's why I don't want to go to Christmas yeah. party. And that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. One more: don't do not document anything that happens at your party on social media, particularly Snapchat. Document or less of your life on social media. Document less. Full things. stop. <laughs> this is not a holiday thing. This is not a party thing. You're putting too much out there. Folks, we're going to try and do some live video content next week, so please send us any mailbag questions or send us some questions on Twitter into the DMs, anything you'd like to have us talk about, anything you want to see us do for the podcast. Again, keep it PC, you dirty freaks out there. PC. PC. What's PC? PC and PG. PG and PC, both of them. What's PC? Politically correct. Oh, And parentally guided, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Twitter at uh, Uticast, uh, Instagram at Uticast, Uticast Uticast.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, 315 Live. Uh, Follow Mara at Mara Olivia with two A's. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. I am SF Doom. Guys, uh, next week, Christmas Spectacular. Is this the second time we've done it? Second time, yeah, the second Christmas episode. It's true. It's my first one. It's true. <laughs> maybe I'll do gift exchange on the show. Maybe. Yay! Oh, no, I take it back. I won't be ready by then. Uh. Folks, <laughs> it's getting down there. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ho, ho, ho.